You're listening to the Talk Hard Podcast presented by Walk Softly Films, three indie filmmakers who talk about movies and other stuff. Today is a special Force Watch edition where we get to break down 1989's Karate Fest, best of the best. With me as always, Scott Stafford eating Cheerios. Hey everybody. <laughs> and Todd Sheen over there starving and looking at those Cheerios. I tell you what, those... Some good-looking Cheerios over there. And 1989, what a great year for movies, right? Yeah. When Harry Met Sally. Right. 1989. Yeah. Um, some other movies. And others. So let's get into it. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make the big star out of me. We'll make the film about a man that's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Louder, louder. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I am excited because uh, today we're gonna get to do a little breaking down of one of my childhood favorites, 1989's Best of the Best, directed by Bob Radler. What else did Bob Radler direct, Todd? <laughs> well, Bob Boo Radler, as he's known. <laughs> uh, I think he actually is the guy that uh, did uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. These were the only two movies he did. He did To Kill a Mockingbird and then did... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That would be incorrect. But that would be... It would be. It would be. Uh, uh, didn't Bob do uh, another Best of the Best? I, he did uh, two of the, the Substitute Sequels, oh. Substitute 3 and 4. Not substitute. the original Substitute. No, not the original with... Uh, with Tom Berenger. Wow. Berenger. He did 3 and 4. Um, <laughs> the, the best of the series. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> he directed the uh, Pam Anderson hit TV show, VP. Mm. Um, also, to his credit, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV shows. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, uh, and Best of the Best 1 and 2. So I want him to have directed Barbed Wire. That would have been. <laughs> that seems yeah. like it would fit. Maybe, Maybe would. he ghost directed that. And he also directed one of the Turn It Up sequels. <laughs> wow, so. that, that lets you know just how many of those they've done. <laughs> yeah. What what is what is Turn It Up again? Everybody yeah. gets a turn. Yeah, sooner or later, we'll get a call. Yeah. Did you uh, did you direct a uh, Cannonball? <laughs> I just found it on IMDb. <laughs> uh, we got turn Turn It Up coming down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> We just we want to. Uh, you're you're literally the the last people left. Um, <laughs> but we have a strict rule, and that is new director on every turn. Of That's that right. That's right. So yeah, there there's uh, Bob Bob Radler's credits. Uh, Philip Ree actually wrote this story um, with his buddy Paul Levine and uh, produced it. And Triple H. Nice. Paul. <laughs> That's it's Paul Levesque. Well, uh, close. Close. Uh, I just like the. I just love the idea that two guys got together and wrote this. Yeah, they you did. Know? They probably, I mean, got together multiple times to write it. Yeah, I bet and, they were wearing all their clothes <laughs> the whole time they were writing. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been. There wasn't any box of time writing on this thing. <laughs> no, um, no. So it, it comes out in 1989. You got to think off the back of some Karate Kid ex- success. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, it's about the uh, United States karate team, uh, a hodgepodge ragtag group from all over the country, put together with only three months to train to go take on the Koreans in a uh, 
what the movie portrays to be a huge deal because Ahmad Rashad goes over there to call the yeah. action um, in a in a tournament of sorts. Yeah. It's the first tournament that I've ever seen where there are two participants. It's a, right. it's a small field yeah. in that tournament. And, and let me, tournament yeah, it is, it is. And let me say one thing yeah. about Ahmad Rashad. He uh, he kind of he had his career apex at the beginning because I would say he did better uh, in best of the best than he did in his actual. I'll uh, second that. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. <laughs> I, no offense, Ahmad, but yeah. Oh, it's well, it's hard to watch. It was hard to watch the NBA. What was it? Playground. Yeah. Or and and uh, playtime. Uh, don't, or, don't kick a man when he's down. That's Felicia it. will be in your face. That's right. Tell her to bring you can, it. Yeah, the way she defended the cause. <laughs> yeah, right. Can you imagine what she'd do for her own husband? So you need, <sighs> to, you need to... It's not easy being in the shadow of Felicia your whole life, either. Your whole well, professional life. I mean, I... Yeah, okay. If you're I'll a give her, I'll give her that. Oh, but wait. Uh, let's not forget. He's Michael Jordan's best friend. So, oh, Because well. he ain't going to let you forget it. Oh. That's true. Well, that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, speaking of big voices, we, this thing stars James Earl Jones, which I, I couldn't be more surprised of the casting of James Earl in this thing. Uh, Eric Roberts and uh, Philip Ree and the late Chris Penn also yeah. in this. So um, are we ready to get into the actual movie? Can I say something? And this is probably just a guess, total you can guess. Say whatever on my you part. want. This is a this is a feel good episode. All I can all I can think is that summer. Uh, when they when they sh- well the the summer they or whenever they shot this movie, uh, James Earl Jones HVAC must have gone out in one of his houses. <laughs> right, yeah, needed some cash, huh? <laughs> Cold hard cash for, for very little work. He didn't phone it in. He didn't phone it. He in, performed. Folks. He did not phone it in. He goes full out. He does, but we can get into it. But he even yeah. at his most full outest. He couldn't compete with Eric Roberts on full out. No, no. There's only one full out. <laughs> hey, I'll be damned if he didn't try, though. He tried. He did. He tried. The energy on the set was high with those two <laughs> coming in every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we open up with uh, the shot of the Koreans training, and, and it's just showing, man, this is how... how uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm already drawing blanks. We haven't even started. They're organized. They're dedicated. This is a lifestyle for them. And they, man, they take it serious. And then we get a, a jump cut to the helter-skelter lifestyle over here in America for what's soon to be one of our champions. He's welding up transams in a factory and got his weird hair going all over the place. And so we're introduced to one Eric Roberts playing Alex Grady. Yeah, there's nothing more American than working in Detroit. That's right. Welding up TAs. Put some steel together. That's right. Yep. Uh, Although I'm pretty sure later on Working in the for movie, one of the big three. I'm pretty sure we, we find out that wasn't he stationed in either Portland, Portland or Seattle? Yeah, yeah where so, they're building all those Camaros yeah, in Portland. Yeah, they, I mean, they make a lot of cars in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it only it, makes sense. It really, it, I mean, it, you could just, you could taste the pollution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Alex goes home, and we find out he's a widower, and he has a son named Walter Grady. Uh, and I told you all this off the air, but I'll bring it up now. Walter Grady, uh, character named after... Eric and Julia Roberts' dad, Walter Grady Roberts. So, Philip Ree let him get his dad's name in there. How nice. Yeah. And just think about it. I mean, picture this in your head, everybody. 
Um, Eric Eric Roberts is getting up early, probably every morning, or at least you know by eleven thirty mm-hmm. to make it to the set of Best of the Best. Right. And Julia's on her way to Steel Magnolias yeah. to hang out with Dolly Parton. <laughs> and who else? Um, oh, S- Sissy Spacek. Sissy. Is she in that? Uh, Lily. Uh, Lily Tomlin. Mic off. That never works. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. I said it first. No, Lily, Lily Tomlin, I had it. I think Lily Tomlin's not in that one though. I oh. think it's uh Well I think it's Dolly Sissy's Parton. Basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't even think she's it. Anyway, we don't need to get off on <laughs> man, if we go down a steel magnolia's train, this thing's never coming back. <laughs> off um, the rails. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking a nine to five, aren't I? Oh yeah. Yeah. The other Dolly Parton. I, but Eric Eric was considered a i mean early in his career he he had uh they were giving him kudos mm-hmm. major kudos i think the movie uh i think it was runaway train that he was mm-hmm. in and he got a i mean a lot of good notice for that yeah and some of his early work wow that didn't last long did it no <laughs> i mean <laughs> what happened if at one point he was thought of fondly I mean, how? What was the turning point that turned him into complete joke? Because I don't know that anybody has had a rougher go of it as like you know yeah. the uh, the punchline to whatever bad acting joke you want to mm. make. Like he, and it could come off the back of this movie because my he, I mean, he <laughs> go every time he is on the screen, he is going full bore, a hundred and fifty percent, pouring everything yes. he can into every time he's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. It and, is overacting at its overactingest. Yeah. And you, I mean this this is you know, people might say what they will about this movie, but if you want to see really bad Eric, then go then watch on Amazon Prime Halloween Puppy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Holy cow. Goodness. <laughs> so uh okay, so we, we find out how much Eric is gonna overact this movie pretty much from the get go when he teaches his son Walter how to ride a bike. And man, his reaction to Walter riding for the first time. <laughs> have have you ever seen a parent, mom or dad, more proud than Eric is in that moment? I, I mean, when I when I was I was there when Henry and Grace both learned how yeah. to ride, and, and did it you... was a magical, warming moment. But I did not put my hands together <laughs> over my face and cry and cry and then say, "I know, I know, <laughs> I know, man, I know, Walter." I laughed out loud at that moment when I watched it this time. I, I don't even as many times as I've seen it in Folgers commercials through the years, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen somebody emote more. Yeah. Oh, over, no. their, yeah. over their kid. The best part of waking up is yep. yeah, teaching so, your kid how to ride a bike. So Eric, Eric, uh, Alex Grady gets his letter <clears throat> from, uh, from the, the karate commission. And, uh, he's been invited to try out for the uh, national team to go to this tournament to fight Korea. And, man, we get it hammered into our brains in this first 10 minutes that his, he's got a bad shoulder. Did you all get that? Oh, that, gosh. That Alex has a bad shoulder? I might have caught that. Yeah. The worst shoulder of all time. They only mentioned it three times in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, the only thing that could have been worse is that he was born without a shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he goes into He's got to get the, the okay from Walter to go because he's going to be gone for three months to train and to go to this tournament. And uh, he goes to get the okay and Walter says um, that he's okay with his dad going if he'll promise him he'll win. Yeah. 
And Alex says, I promise I'll win. <laughs> he doesn't even know if he's going to make the team yet. But he's promising a win yeah. over the Koreans. It's yeah. pretty hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> what a promise to make a kid. Yeah. You know, way to set your son up there to, you know, yeah. hate you. But let's rewind uh, about five minutes there. Yeah. No, maybe, no, probably two minutes of screen time. And um, he's discussing with his mother about that he he wants to do this. I guess he got a, a letter in the mail mm-hmm. of the invite. Right. And, and he tells his mom, I, I got to do this. There's nothing for me here. There's nothing for me here. It's like, uh, I just saw that you got like you a got five-year-old a son, son you know, yeah. or however old he is. You got a son that's depending solely on you because you're a widower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a widower. Right. Yeah. And you have a son. <laughs> yeah. And But there's nothing, nothing for you here. And unfortunately, in that, you can't, you can't just say asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> you, it, you know, you said it. It's out there. You said nothing. And Walter, Walter yeah. didn't make the cut. Yes. Yeah. And mom doesn't argue with him. No. I, no. Yeah. She, she, she completely gets it. What? And let me say this about uh, mother. Mother is Louise Fletcher, aka Academy Award nominated for uh, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest as the nurse in the wow, uh, Psycho Nurse Award. Ratchet. Wow. I did not catch that. Nurse Ratchet is in Best of the Best. So yes. How many Academy Award nominees are in this? Because Eric <laughs> Roberts least, was at least a hundred. James Earl Jones was. That's amazing. She was, and Sean, and Chris Penn was. Yeah. Holy mackerel! Four? And the guy, the uh, Italian American guy, I'm pretty sure was uh, at some point. Sonny Sonny Grazzo? Or no, was, I think he was probably. No. If I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a bad guess. Yeah, that's a bad guess, but still, it, it is a bad guess because he doesn't even have a picture on his IMDb. Yeah, that's oh. not a good sign. <laughs> um, and the only movie to his credit is Best of the Best, the original. Yep, this yeah. is it. So maybe there's another guy in it though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, so uh, Alex flies out to uh, do this tournament or to try out for the team. Um, and and it's either a short flight from Seattle or a long, a long flight from, from Detroit. Detroit. We, don't not, we don't know. Or Portland or wherever. We don't know where he's at, uh, but we just know there's nothing for him wherever it is. Um, and he's got to go do this tournament with a bad shoulder. So he tries out, and uh, then we're introduced to some of the other players that we're gonna uh, that are going to be part of the team. We're introduced to um, Tommy, who is the becomes the strongest member of the team. Travis Brickley, who's the cowboy. The loose cannon. Who we were introduced to when when somebody strolls in in cowboy boots and, and we get a close up of a what Todd uh, as Todd put it, a, a girl's jam box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a, and it's turned up full blast on country I music. I mean it didn't even have turbo bass, folks. Yeah. It was it was basically one of these it was bad. chick boom boxes yeah. that you saw at the beach back in the Mid to late yeah. yeah, Don't don't fool around with this movie. Let us let us know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then we we realize he's not going to be much of a team player because he won't even let Alex borrow his athletic tape <laughs> yeah. to tape up his wrists. Yeah. So uh, and then we're also introduced to Virgil, who's a Buddhist. Because you uh, got to have a Buddhist, a Buddhist karate fighter, and uh, Sonny, who's. Acts like he's strongly Italian, but he doesn't have many Italian features other than black hair. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so there's there's your team, and uh, we're also introduced to Coach Cuzo, played by James Earl Jones. What kind of where, where would you say what 
type of a name is Cuzo. Cuzo. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be Italian, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he and James Earl Jones didn't talk Italian the whole time. Did you all love that his first line after Brickley walks in with the boom box and walks through there? Did you all love that his first t- line was? It's a GD circus. <laughs> right. Yeah, because some guy walked in with a boombox. <laughs> We're setting up that, hey, Kuzo's been through this before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so the team is the, the team goes back uh, to the locker room after they've been chosen to get their... Uh, uh, okay, hold on. Oh, uh, no, we, yeah, we got to talk about some of the tournament stuff. Yeah, too. yeah, the, yeah, first, the, 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 the national tournament, right? Yeah, the tryouts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that during the tournament that uh, Travis Bickley. Uh, Brick, Brickley. Brick, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Cause, Chris, let's pay respects to Chris Pan. <laughs> I, I want to know, is Travis Bickley is really close to Travis Bickle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. So, it's very, it's true. Uh, taxi driver. Um, maybe Boo Radley was a big fan of, maybe so. of uh, Scorsese. Uh, so Travis Brickley – um, when he's when he's fighting in this for this first tournament, I love that. It, in my opinion, it's very clear that they intended him to wear that red gi mm-hmm. and only that red gi. And he was like, "No, yeah. <laughs> no, man, <laughs> I ain't doing that." And and they probably had a fight over it. And he's like, and they're like, "What is she gonna wear?" It's like, "I'll just wear my sweatshirt that I came to the set in today." And yeah. like that blue sweatshirt underneath, underneath it. it. <laughs> yeah, so that was the way it went. He wasn't in tip-top footloose shape. No, this ain't your footloose, Chris Pan. No, no, he was. He was. Uh, it hit some donuts or something, and, yeah. and yeah, I feel like he was very self-conscious yeah, about uh, the way he looked. But still, you think about it, you think of Chris Penn from Reservoir Dogs, which was three years after that, and he had really yeah he'd been to Duncan's uh, quite a few times, yeah. obviously. But still, I mean, I thought from Footloose to Best of the Best, I thought he had maintained some of that physical shape. Well, I mean, obviously, he, he was in he was in a shape, somewhat of a if shape. If round's a shape, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah. round is a shape. Also, did you all love the sound effects for the fighting? Did you oh, notice? Man, yeah, oh, my the, gosh, the sound mixing is really bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, okay, so. The sound effects reminded me of, like, in middle school, I used to take my comic books to school with me. And if class would get boring or whatever, I'd, I'd start reading them. So there was a, also a kid uh, that liked to read comic books, but I guess his mom wouldn't let him bring them or he didn't have them or whatever. So he'd ask to borrow them in a few classes that we had. We were sitting beside each other. and Out him. Yeah, his name's Steve Noonan. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Noonan. Uh, and he would sit, he would sit next to me, and he would read... The comic book silently, but do the sound effects out loud. <laughs> so he'd be reading, and all of a sudden you'd hear, ah, and that's what the sound effects wow. reminded me of in Best of the Best. Wow! But he wouldn't have been old enough for them to get Noonan, I don't guess, for this movie, would he? No, they couldn't get no. Noonan wasn't. He, I mean, he's our age. It'd have been twelve. So I guess he. I don't know. It's pretty close to middle school. I guess they could have a seventh grade Steve Noonan. Maybe that's there. why he asked to borrow your books because he knew that that was you know he was going to be doing that work and he was yeah. just practicing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> practicing for best of the I, best sound. I, I love I love the name Noonan because that was one of my favorite characters Noonan. from Caddyshack. Danny yeah. Noonan. Yeah. <laughs> Noonan. Noonan. 
So they uh, also, I love how they how much they established that everybody's going to hate Travis Brickley. Mm-hmm. Like every chance of some old man throwing his popcorn down or whatever, whenever Brickley did something, they they capitalized on everything for booing Brickley. Yeah, this guy's a dick. Yeah, just in case you could have <laughs> dick Brickley. Yeah, and then they're sure to also when they're picking the team, they're also sure to uh, mention Alex Grady's got a bad shoulder. In case y'all missed it. From the beginning, when his mom's talking about it, they had to talk about he's got a bad shoulder. Let's what? make sure all the people he's going to be competing against know that fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they pick the team. Uh, James Earl Jones insists on having Alex Grady in his bad shoulder. They pick the team. They go to the locker room. Of course, no one is more excited about making the team than Eric Roberts, who comes in screaming and yelling. Yeah. High-fiving everybody. Brickley could give three craps. <laughs> Couldn't care less. James Earl Jones gives the uh, speech that um, – for three months, they're going to be eating, breathing, and shitting competition. <laughs> and I just wanted so, to ask you what that looks like. Well, I'll tell you. If you're eating them and then defecating them out, then yeah. they can't hurt you as I much guess, in the ring. <laughs> I guess that's true. So he tells him tonight's their last night to debauch. Uh, because after tonight, no women, no alcohol, no drugs. So I'll go out and do it all tonight. And they head out. And maybe some of you will get laid. And if you're lucky, <laughs> some of you might get laid. And hopefully by me telling you to go out and have dope tonight, you won't <laughs> die tonight. And then I have to go back and select another one. <laughs> so they go out to, uh, to a honky-tonk. I don't know where they're at, but they go out to a honky-tonk. And this might be one of the most useless scenes in all of movie history. I think they were in Portland. Yeah, okay. It felt, <laughs> it felt like a Portland bar, didn't Probably it? Portland. All the guys love to build their cars and then go out to the honky-tonk in Portland. <laughs> Portland. Yeah, this scene served absolutely zero purpose. There was no purpose to it whatsoever. Camaraderie. So yeah. They yeah. are building camaraderie, though. Some jokes. Yeah. Oh, boy, the jokes landed. The Irish coffee <laughs> joke with Virgil getting Irish, spilling Irish coffee on the girl, and then yeah. she's like, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, did it burn you? And... Yeah. She says, no, it's fine. And then he fusses at the bartender. This Irish coffee is supposed to be so hot that it... Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, and, and Brickley, uh, using uh, the the girl that was playing pool, using her butt cheeks as a card swipe, uh, was pretty nice, too. Because uh, I, I think the note that I wrote down, now that you say that, like I said, I don't have my notes, but I said... I said I said Chris Finn is two knuckles. <laughs> he was. He lost his middle finger in there, was, didn't he? It was. My if gosh. He, if he had been wearing a class ring. Yeah. He wouldn't have got it back. No. Holy <laughs> moly. I mean, I don't see how. I mean, I guess because, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. But uh, I feel like he would have been in this latest round of just, just for yeah, best of the so. best. Yeah. I, he would have made the news. He took a lot of liberty with Bert's girlfriend out there on the dance floor. Yeah. I, I doubt that the director said, deeper, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that hand really in there. I can still see all your fingers. You, you, Travis would be up in there. <laughs> trust me. So and trust me. It's not swiped until you hear the beep, beep. <laughs> and, um, and her boyfriend uh, is none other than Kane Hodder. This is the piece of trivia I was oh, excited about it? telling oh, shoot. you. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I killed it. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Well, Kane Hodder plays the boyfriend of um, 
of the card swipe girl. Yeah. And of Crispin's victim. Kane Hodder, actor, stuntman, extraordinaire, played Jason Voorhees and I think three four of the four of them. Four of the Friday the last thirteenth four. films. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it is awesome. So yeah. there you go. Uh, and I can see why you'd be mad. I mean, you know, if you're if you're yeah, I can if see you're why. going knuckle up, yeah, I really want people to rent this and watch it just so they can see what we're talking about. Because trust me, you won't have to look for it. No, You'll, no. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, You'll, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. no. It's it's abrasive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very uncomfortable. And it's not like a close up of his hand or anything. No. It's like it's a wide yes. shot of the dance floor, but your eye goes directly to holy cow. Yeah, he doesn't have his his hand on her butt cheek. No. It is up in her <laughs> butt crack. In some tight jeans. Uh, and, and if by Alan saying it that way, you don't get how we're feeling here, then yeah. asking will tell you again. Yeah, it's right. up in that. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, and the, uh, I also, really quick, before we get off the scene, uh, loved yeah. um, Roberts's. Uh, improv that he was doing in the phone booth. I mean, that was that was stellar. Oh my god, stellar stuff. Telling his nine year old son, "No, you can't drive the car." Yeah, I was like, "Man, that's uh, I got." You know, it was. Yeah, like yeah, that's that's funny. I got a feeling a lot of Robert's lines in the bar were improv. I think the ones at the yeah at the bar, uh, Virgil's flirting and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. I think all of those were improv. Why why don't you say some? Why don't you come up with some funny lines, (laughs) and we'll have somebody knock the crap out of somebody into into frame. (laughs) You're talking to Walter. I don't know. You know, just make it make it funny. You know, make it cute and funny. What's a five year What's a five year old kid doing these days in Portland or Detroit? Yeah, give us some lighthearted banter with Tommy. Build your relationship. No, Walter, you can't have the keys to the car. Put your grandma back on. (laughs) I know. I know. And he was a little too excited when the dude came face first into the glass frame yeah. and busted his skull on it. And, and then uh, Alex walks out and just starts not breaking stride but punching people in the face. <laughs> he doesn't have any idea what's going on. Oh, but. yeah. And then that's when we first we really figured out what a B.A. Alex is Grady yeah. is because uh, he's one of the only people that I've seen that – can punch people without look. The no look punch the is no a look seldomly punch. seen yeah. thing. Yeah, Brad and, Hinkle had the no look football pass when he played quarterback <laughs> in the backyard, and Alex Grady could do the no look, no look punch to the, the face. The only two yeah. instances of this feat ever happening. That's right. <laughs> like some movies do the thing where somebody comes up behind you and you right. throw your forearm up, and you know their their face is right behind you. Yeah. And you, just, you just go straight back with the the back of your fist. But no, Grady was like he's walking past somebody. And then he'll throw the the cross and <laughs> yeah. connect and stuff That's like right. that. Keaton's Batman in the first Batman did it with okay. the uh, with the fist. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but then just like just like that Batman movie that came out in 1989, the other 1989 situation yeah. was Eric Roberts. Did uh, you all did it, <clears throat> were you all as impressed as the actor when uh, Tommy kicked the cigarette out of the guy's mouth in the bar, <laughs> and then the actor was like. Oh, I'm real impressed. <laughs> he backs up from the. <laughs> uh, I know I would have been because you know. So after their night of boozing and, hold on, Coach Cuzo comes in. Oh yeah, and I love that they've done probably a hundred thousand yeah. dollars worth of damage, and Cuzo's just like he's cool with it. Let's Come get on, out, guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's sitting back drinking his wine, just watching it all go down. <laughs> yeah. And then... No responsibility whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, they're throwing people through pinball machines. 
their jukeboxes. <laughs> They're ruining lights and, and decor all over the place. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's what he told them. He told them to go out and, like, you know. Tonight's the night. Screw some stuff that's up. Right. And, yeah, so, like, if, if you're if – you're, and I wonder if he does this every every year during Probably. the tournament. You know, right. he sends his boys down to that guy's bar, and Finds he just hates Coach hockey. Cuzo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Cuzo's guys again. <laughs> if, if they'd had – I guarantee you if they'd had a budget for deleted scenes on the DVD mm-hmm. – that there would have been one where he comes back in and says, sorry about that. Yeah, put it on here's, my tab. Here's $10,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great time for a tab line. Um, so the next day they wake up, and, man, they hit the ground running with some training. Five miles followed by 165 sit-ups. Mm. If Travis Brickley on day one could do five miles on 165 <laughs> yeah. sit-ups, yeah. then I think my NBA hopes are still alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was yeah. amazing. It was amazing. The only thing, I, the only thing I was missing was Burning Heart by Survivor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, they did try though. Yeah, it was. The soundtrack uh, to this thing was very generic eighties. Yeah, I think the song was Surviving Heart by Burn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, and I think it's before this too that we're introduced to Wade, right? So Cuzo is uh, approached by one of the uh, sponsors, saying we've got another trainer for you. And their name is Wade, and they'll be here tomorrow. And Cuzo ain't too happy about it. But then we find out that Wade is a woman with a lot of Eastern, <laughs> Eastern culture philosophy. And, right? Yeah. She knows she knows the ways of the of the Eastern civilizations, and so she's going to be a value to the team because and she knows how they train. She knows everything about them. Played valiantly by Sally Kirkland. And before we before we completely throw away. Uh, Kuzo's other right-hand man that has not mm. has not gotten mentioned here yeah. before, but he's kind of squirrely looking. He's got glasses, and he's really good with the computers. Don Peterson Don is Peterson. his character's name. Okay, and he does. He's got uh, he's got every fight for the last twenty years on floppy disk. Yeah. So, and by floppy we mean five and a quarter. That's right. <laughs> and he is really impressed by Sonny's opera music. Oh, that's classical yes, he music. He did he, like Sonny's music. He, he never heard anything like that no. in his entire life. <laughs> well, he's crunching numbers, he's man. Just too he busy with stats and, and tournaments. He, he doesn't have time to listen to anything. <laughs> that's right. yeah. I love it. He puts his headphones on him and oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. This and that dude has been in I don't know how many horror, low budget horror flicks as you could imagine, but the one obviously that everybody's going to you know be screaming for is. Uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Oh man, I know I was screaming for it. Yeah. Oh, he's he's awesome. He's a he's a filthy uh, gas station attendant. Yeah. That peeks uh, peeks through a peephole into the girls' bathroom. Good. He seems like that type. Yeah, and nothing on floppy though. No. <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> um, all right, so they're they're going into the train, and Wade decides that she's going to drop some of this mysticism on him, and she gives a quote. And I can't remember the exact quote that she gives, but it is. Uh, but Alex loves it. Alex thinks this quote is a top-notch quote, and she reveals the source of the quote was oh, that great Eastern philosopher Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. <laughs> so you brought her in here for her Eastern <laughs> wisdom, and yeah. she's quoting the Green Bay Packers coach. So what a what a joke! Yeah, it's they a good one. Goddess with that one. When I used to or didn't used to live close to Detroit, I followed Vince Lombardi. <laughs> So then we go into one of probably uh, uh, a safe guess eight 
uh, training montages, would you say? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, clearly Karate Kid played a part. Yeah. And just as as much, I mean, Rocky Four, yeah, oh, in the gosh. snow, and yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of training montages to a lot of '80s soundtrack that wasn't quite up to par. Yeah, and then and you also to 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 make it all equal, you do get to see the Korean team trying out too. And I liked how one you know uh, one one part of the montage they're out in the deep snow, and then the mm-hmm. next time they're in obviously a rainy season right yeah Yeah. chopping trees yeah (laughs) yeah i mean freaky weather patterns as low budget as this thing was it's like how did they pull off some of that stuff like get those guys in the snow and stuff like that you know uh but definitely rocky four was pulling off that snow run better than yes (laughs) those dudes looked like the KGB agents yeah, from they Rocky they Four. Were, they were struggling. <laughs> they really were. It was like that did not look cool or intimidating at all. No, they used. They told those guys to run out there and run in the snow, <laughs> yeah. and they recorded it. Right. And then they're like, "All right, let's do it again." And those guys are like, "Nope. What you got is what you got." <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's yeah. just do a reverse angle. Yeah, they, <laughs> maybe they even said, "Can we? Can we? Uh, can we? Can we try this out once first? Uh, you know. No. Uh-uh. I'm rolling. Yeah. Run. Go." <laughs> Yeah, we're doing this and we're doing it once. It is cold out here. Yeah, and we don't have shirts on. Um, so they they go to their uh, film room at this point after one of the montages, and they're getting their assignments. All the guys are going to see who they're going to fight. So they're they're telling them their strategy, and Wade is the one presenting all this information. Wade knows all these all these fighters, and she's telling them, "All right, Virgil, you're going to fight so and so," and and. He's a uh, he's he's powerful, so we're gonna tighten up your moves, make you quick. And uh, and Sonny, this is what you're gonna do. And Alex, you've got Sun Young Moon or whatever. He's the number one fire in the world. And then they get to Tommy, and above it all, out of nowhere, you hear Dayhan, <laughs> which is maybe my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> you know that they. I, here's what I think happened. They recorded that thing, and Wade did everybody's. And then once they watched it in post, they were like, it's not as impactful as if if Kuzo tells Tommy who he's got. Let's go back and let's get let's get Tommy Lee, not Tommy Lee, uh, James Earl Jones to say Dehan and and give t- Tommy the news. And man, when they did, James Earl went all the way out on Dehan. Dehan. So uh, then we find out. Um, through some flashbacks, through some black and white flashbacks, Tommy is already very familiar with Dehan. And we're not exactly sure what's going on, but there's a tournament. Little Tommy's sitting there with his mom and dad watching the tournament. There's a kid named David. He's fighting a young Dehan, and things didn't go so well. Dehan, we eventually come to find out, kills him in the ring, and it's Tommy's brother. In a tournament just like they were doing this one 17 years ago. So, Dehan's got to be up there in age (laughs) for this tournament. Yeah. Uh, He lost an eye for one thing. Yeah. Even before this tournament, because he had the patch 17 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) But we know he's a bad A because he's only got one eye. He's only got one eye, and he's still killing Tommy's brother in tournaments. Yeah. And we know Tommy's brother died because an ice cream cone fell in slow motion and hit the ground. The symbolism (laughs) is there. Um, and so then I make a note, because Tommy keeps having these flashbacks after he figures out he's fighting Dehan. He keeps having these flashbacks. And so uh, 
one thing the movie tells us that is that um, if you're going to punch a bag in the dark, you got to do it with a pop collar on your red jacket. <laughs> because Tommy is sweating up a storm, punching a bag with no lights on, and his collar's popped until Alex comes in there and says, hey, even Dayhan sleeps, man. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how you got to do know. it. Um, also, they made a big deal. Like Tommy, uh, I, don't, I keep calling him Tommy Lee Jones. All these Joneses. Uh, Coach Cuzo makes a big deal about um, here's your practice gear, but you're not going to get it until you become a team. And then suddenly they have it, and we don't ever – like I thought they were going to – they made a big deal about when you become a team, you'll get it. I kind of thought they would make a big deal about getting it. You would actually see the moment yeah, where they come yeah. together. Yeah, you think that, that was edited out, or you think that I it just wasn't so, because, <laughs> thought about? Yeah, because, man, they set it up and they set did. it up and set it up and never paid it off. It never – you know, none of it ever made we're sense. We're going to give it to you right before the fight because otherwise it will get dirty. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you kind of see it – I, I guess the moment you get a couple moments where, where Brickley comes around, mm-hmm. and was the first one in the actual tournament, or was there one before that where maybe he he softens up to the other guys? And there was uh, one before that. Okay, um, yeah. Because uh, three days before the tournament, Alex gets the news that Walter's been hit by a car yeah. on his bike. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's got to go home, but Kuzo's like, right? Yeah. Kuzo goes hardcore <laughs> and says. We gotta have priorities, and uh, Alex is like, he, he might lose his leg, and he's like, well, you gotta choose the team or your kid who's in a coma and might lose his leg. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised that uh, that, that Grady chose uh, the kid. Chose the kid because uh, yeah, since point. he had nothing yeah, at yeah. home, uh-huh. nothing to live for. Yeah, and I, you know the other thing I liked was when uh, you hear you hear I guess it, maybe it's his mother in uh, off screen voiceover, and he's running through the mm-hmm. parking lot and then the hospital and then you find out that she's like oh and i meant to tell you he's in a coma yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. not only was he hit by a car but yeah. after your long flight from either la to portland or detroit he's in a coma yeah so tommy convinces alex <clears throat> go home get, get take care of your kid come back we'll deal with kuzo when you get back so he goes home finds out that he's in a coma it, Luckily, it was a short-lived coma because the yeah. next day he's on a flight and he's back out heading back to the team. Yeah. Uh, so when he comes back, Kuzo's like, nope, you made your, made your choice and you're off the team. So, sorry. And then Al- Eric Roberts goes full Eric Roberts. At, you want me to beg? <laughs> yeah, beg? This is the only thing I know. <laughs> I'll beg. I'll beg. And uh, Kuzo's not having it. Still didn't. Still didn't matter. Um, and so Alex storms out, and then we see Tommy Lee hold back a little bit, kicking the kicking the bag that uh, Virgil's ho- holding. And man, Kuzo just goes in on him. Kick it, Tommy! <laughs> and, and so com- Tommy kicks the hell out of that thing. <laughs> blows the screen up on the computer that's monitoring it and knocks Virgil out to the point of where Wade gets over and and says, thank God he's breathing. (laughs) That was was more than anything that happened in this movie. I really wanted that kick to kill Virgil. Virgil. (laughs) 
Because yeah. I'm like, this would make this like just into the upper echelon of you know, if, if, completely if, out there. Wow. If Tommy yeah. had killed Virgil, yeah, and and then like dedicated you know the tournament to him, <laughs> right? used it as yeah, I'll fight in your place, wow. Virgil. <laughs> killed the Buddhist, yeah, yeah, because they they brought out so much power out of him yeah. that he just you know on yeah, Irish coffee drinking Buddhist, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another good Virgil joke when they say, do you know where you are? And he looks around and he says, on the floor. On the floor. Which actually, no joke, got a snicker out of my wife who laughs at nothing. <laughs> she thought Virgil's joke there was pretty charming, I guess. <laughs> so she laughed at it. Um, so anyway, this is the part where Tra- we find out Travis is kind of uh, loosened up a little bit, softened up to the boys because... The next morning, him he comes in with Sonny and Virgil, and and he tells they tell tell Cuzo they want Alex back on the team. They need it. They need Alex and Tommy. Tommy actually, Tommy after that threatens to quit. Yeah. And then Alex Grady goes full Alex Grady again, and gives a very impassioned speech about how they have to do this. This is all they have. They have to do it. You gotta do this, Tommy. <laughs> but Tommy rides off anyway. Yeah, on a very long, extended motorcycle ride right. in the mountains. Yeah, until he see he comes to a gas station and sees two brothers. One of them drops his ice cream cone, and the older brother gives the little kid who dropped his ice cream cone his ice cream cone, and this inspires Tommy <laughs> yes. to go back and do some taekwondo. <laughs> and they and they both they those both of those boys realized their mothers both name were Martha. They must so <laughs> right. It was a wonderful moment. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's when Brickley and Virgil and Sonny come in and try to convince Cuzo that they want both those guys back on the team because they need them to win, which, I mean, makes sense since it's a five-on-five tournament and now they only have three. Um, so, But Brickley's actually the one who says, we need Alex on the team, and Cuzo says, when, since when did you start giving a damn about anybody but yourself? And Brickley says, since right now. Yeah. And, you know, when Chris Penn says it, you listen. Yeah, yeah. That was it. They could have like hit it on the head a little bit more about oh now they're a team, right? I, I guess they were a little subtle. Yeah, that would have been a good time to get the, the gear. Yeah, but uh, you can have the gear now. Yeah. So they all get to the airport. Tommy barely gets there, but they all get there, and and they're very excited that everybody's back. The whole gang's back together, and they take the flight. And Cuzo, yes, Cuzo did buy an extra ticket for Tommy. He did. He had it ready. He was good. Uh, let's see. Um, I made a note that I don't know if I missed something uh, right before they get on this flight, but my copy that I watched went from James Earl Jones uh, knocking on Alex Grady's door, and Alex is shaving, and he opens the door. James Earl Jones starts walking in, and then it jumps jump cuts to James Earl Jones slamming through the gym door, screaming at an old white dude, if you're going to fire me, then fire me. It was pretty abrupt. It, I think, that yeah. was really weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't. What would he have fired him about? Uh, <clears throat> letting him back on the team, or yeah, them yeah, two quitting the team? Like, maybe like, I don't. Like, yeah, like oh well, you're gonna you're gonna blow our chance at, at that was, winning. It was a weird a weird editing move right there because yeah. it was very herky jerky in that one spot. But anyway, okay, so they go overseas, and it's tournament time. And Ahmad Rashad explains to us that uh, the Koreans can, the Koreans keep or hold uh, martial arts up like Americans hold up baseball, which to me means 
absolutely nothing. But maybe in 89, that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, I would like to say that I, I, I like the fact that they, uh, they, 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 they uh, have these events in a black box theater. Yeah. With it is very dark. Cage, with a lot of cage lighting. It is very dark. <laughs> yeah. And most of the light's on just the referee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the fighters don't really get much light. I think light. the ref, they're, they're the superstars. Yeah. The refs are. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they start the tournament, and uh, Vert, Sonny goes first, right? And doesn't he, he doesn't do bad. He doesn't do great. It's 11-7 to 7 at, the end of his, at the end of his round. Time for Virgil. And, uh, man, Virgil takes a beating. Virgil gets his butt kicked, um, and it's not close. Tough day for Virgil. Maybe he wasn't recovering from, from Tommy's kick. Uh, or I don't Could know. you ever? Could no. you ever be? I, I mean, mean, it was rough. It was a rough showing. So then we get to Brickley, and uh, Brickley fares pretty well. A 3-3 tie in this Talking round. Talking trash the whole time. That's right. <laughs> Which means it goes to the tiebreaker breaking slabs of concrete that's right and uh so earlier in the movie we'd said we'd we'd been building this up we've been setting this up because wade had been trying to get them to focus and and channel their chi their their energy focus power as mr miyagi would say and uh so we've been building up to the, because the, every time she was saying it then brickley was uninterested <clears throat> he was laying down he was putting rags over his uh, so he could get some sleep while he did this stupid stuff. But now it comes down to it, and he doesn't break as many boards as the Korean does because he didn't take it serious. He didn't. It came back to bite him. It did, as and it I, does. I, I loved it. I loved it, though, when the referee was walking up there. He's like, you're going to count him? <laughs> what are you counting him for? Yeah, you yeah. already know the answer. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, why I can't – I can't uh, – Pin a lot of the overacting, like be too mad at Eric Roberts yeah. over this because it's was that clearly a, was that the director pun? is telling everybody yeah. like you need to go for I it. I need more. Let's do it again, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. and you need to turn it up a notch. Was that a pun? Because you said you can't pin uh, this uh, acting. Uh, mm. I didn't I even know I he's think doing it. Was it. an accident. That's that's the true master. That's right. That's when you know he's a pro. Um, so when they at the beginning of the before the tournament had started, backtrack a little bit, uh, we find out that um, Frank has paid for Walter to be at the tournament to watch his daddy fight, and uh, so there, Kuzo's just really softened his heart at this yeah. point, and, and very confused at this point uh, with all the overacting that we just talked about. Yeah, that his son is at this tournament after you know the coma and the broken right. leg and all that stuff, and there Two he days is before. in, in yeah. Korea. Where yeah. they, are they in Korea? In Korea, yeah. yeah. Hey, who brought my son? <laughs> or whatever he said. Yeah, and, and he doesn't even go well, over there. He's just no. he's just sitting there and yeah. like, look at that yeah. over there. Well, back to the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, he did tell us he was nothing. So right. So it, uh, so Tommy and, and Alex get together, and, and they're like, it's you and me now, man. You and me. So uh, Alex gets in there, and he's fighting the number one fighter in their weight class in the world. And it's, it's a good back and forth. But, uh, man, Alex does a lot of self-trash talking, doesn't he? I'm going to kick your ass. Does a lot of <laughs> that, that stuff to himself. One, right? and then, yeah. And then later, he, he, I'm going to tear your head. Yeah, it's a lot of those little <laughs> under-his-own-breath Right. Uh, I'm not going to say this loud enough where that guy can hear him, just in case yeah. he really can't kick my butt. Yeah, so he's having a great third round <clears throat> until um, Sun Young Moon does the crescent kick onto 
the bad That's shoulder, right. the junk shoulder, which apparently once your shoulder goes that way, you have to flop around like a duck who has broken legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I've he, never heard someone cry uh, like like Eric did. He could not walk. He couldn't speak. I mean, it was a bad deal. That shoulder, it was a bad deal. So um, they're like, we got to call it. We got to call it, Alex. There's no, and there's 30 seconds left in this fight. And like, we got to call it. And, and he's like, no, if we do, I'll lose all my points. We can't do that. Just, and so he starts telling Tommy, pop, pop it, pop it, Tommy, pop it, pop it. So, he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Pop it, Tommy. Pop it, pop it. So Tommy pops it. And tape it up. So they tape it up. Worst and tape job ever. <laughs> they basically <laughs> taped his elbow to his stomach. It, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of somebody that had a head injury, and they tape like they're like supposed to tape it up so it's, you can't get hurt on like, your head, like the but Miami Connection head right. wound. <laughs> but it's it's obvious they just taped around his curly hair yeah. or something, and yeah. it's like billowing out but it's just yeah it was a not a good tape you don't think they had a official um like uh what a physical therapist on on set to to get to show them how they would right. do this if, so if a shoulder came no. dislocated and had to be popped back into place how would you tape it <laughs> uh probably three strips around the body to the elbow yeah <laughs> probably all i'd do and that, that should be enough to hold up for a round right. of 90 <laughs> seconds of intense karate. Yeah. So he goes back out there, and, and Ahmad Rashad's very impressed with, with the courage to get back out there and just try to hold him off for 30 seconds. I've never seen anything like yeah. this. Yes. But not only does he hold him off, he scores a point to where he kicks the dude like three stories down. <laughs> <laughs> off the stage, off the yeah. scores table, yeah. off the team yeah. ramp, and then down onto the concrete floor. So, yeah. Good the, for the, you. The fact that the guy was still alive after that yeah, kick. Yeah, man. Is what, a, what a front kick from Alex Grady. <laughs> With a junk shoulder and the worst tape job on his shoulder. Of all yeah, time. I think I think they should have pulled his uh, shoulder out of socket before the thing ever started. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> he focused power yeah. into the legs at that point. So, final match Tommy and Dayhan. It's what we all, Dayhan. It's what we want, what we've all been waiting for. Um, so I think Eric Roberts has gained a little bit, but I think the lead for the Koreans is still around four points or so. So Tommy's got to get to work, and man, Day Han is one cocky little dude, isn't he? Yeah, he is, with his one eye. Yeah, he comes out there, and he's he's pretty swaggy, and he, he lands the first punch and just kind of laughs. And I, I like Day Han's laugh, too, throughout this thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. every time. <laughs> um, Say Day Han again. Mocking laugh. But they get to the third round of this fight, and man, Tommy... Yeah. Tommy just goes ham, uh, and and Dayon doesn't stand a chance, and it's uh he does the the kick, um, I think doesn't he do the kick that got uh, Virgil near death to to Dayon to the point of where he can barely get up, so he barely gets up. There's 20 seconds left. He barely gets up, and he starts having the flashbacks of Dayon killing his brother, and Alex can see what's going on. He can see. The he can flashback. see. Yeah, he can see what's happening inside of Tommy's head. And he starts, no, no, Tommy, no, Tommy. He's going to kill him. Coach, coach is going to kill him. Tommy, no. No, Tommy. No. Kuzo says no. No. Uh, That might have been my favorite part of the whole movie, honestly, (laughs) that that they knew that he was going, he intended to murder this person. Stay on. Yeah, and and yeah, Kuzo's, Tommy, no. No. (laughs) 
no. Uh, and then you're cutting over. You're cutting over to Roberts, and it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah he's crying. Yeah. And Ahmad Rashad does, doesn't understand. Like Ahmad's <laughs> like, all he's got to do is hit him. He's going to knock him out yeah. and they win. You're right. I don't. I don't. I don't see how that's a logical reaction from anybody in this. No. That, that they that they know that he intends to murder him. Yes. Or that they know that he will be successful. Yeah. Also, <laughs> with his single right. blow, that it, it will definitely it will kill him. Kill. Did, were any of the other teammates? Were they? Were they saying? I'd stuff? say Brickley was you probably should, in the background saying. You probably like. Yeah. I love murder. <laughs> murder. Murder that. Yeah, and then some sort of uh, racial comment. Yeah. We also need to mention Brickley was very racist through this whole movie. Yeah, extremely <laughs> racist, yeah. And but but Tommy's cool with it. Yeah, Tommy was. Uh, he laughs at all. He was a good sport. Yeah, yeah. He, he he cracked some Asian jokes of his own to let everybody know he was. Yeah. To disarm Brickley. Right. right. Yeah. He <laughs> handles it perfectly, which Alex Grady thinks is hilarious. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the, the Brickley's racist jokes, like a good friend. Alex, because he, he yeah. is he haul yeah, laughing. Yes. <laughs> um, but going back, going back to to Kuzo screaming no. Yeah, Kuzo. Um, I don't. I don't. I just don't see it because I feel like I think up to this point, I feel like he'd be totally down to get the win, mm-hmm. no matter who dies. Like if this kick kills the entire Korean team, yeah. I think he'd be okay with yeah. it. Yeah, those are the breaks. But uh, no, all of a sudden, no, no, no. <laughs> Tommy, it's no. not worth it, Tommy. So Tommy battles with this for the 20 seconds and doesn't make a move. And Dehan crumples at his feet, but he's still alive, thanks to thanks to Tommy's mercy. Um, which at this point, like, how cool would it feel to not to worry about harnessing your own power? Like the whole time in this movie, Tommy knows how powerful he is, and he doesn't trust himself with his own power through the whole movie, including the end. How incredible would that be? I don't trust myself. I'm so powerful. I feel like Todd does it on a daily basis. How does it feel, Todd? Yeah, it's just it's hard. It's hard to hold back sometimes. But I, I do it for you all. Well, thank you. We and, appreciate and others. It. I mean, there's other people. We like to live. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, the, the only thing is... We have the medal ceremony too, right? Yes, we're getting to the marriage, mar- the medal. Ce- I'm saying marriage, the medal ceremony. Yeah. Um. So, uh, after Kuzo comforts Tommy and tells him, "You won that match. Don't ever so, forget that." Yeah. So words of, of encouragement. So at the medal ceremony, the uh, <laughs> Koreans get the medals and the the crowd's going nuts because they're in Korea and. The American team is looking pretty upset, and man, Tommy's just like bawling his eyes out. Tommy is a sad, sad man at this point. Like all the emotions are flowing, and it gets real quiet as Dayhan starts limping towards Tommy, and he and he tells him to save a life in defeat is to earn victory and honor within. Your brother too was a great fighter. I deeply regret your loss. And I offer myself as your brother. Did you all did you all tear up a little right there? Well, I thought you know all I could think was, hey, great, you murdered my brother, and now so now I get you as a brother, and would have murdered me given the chance, right? So I'm just glad that you didn't murder me, and that you're going to be my brother. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing touches Todd, but he bawled during this. Yeah. Scene. Well, I mean, Tommy was. Uh, we we'll get back to the overacting. 
Tommy was very weepy. And <laughs> I mean, I, he was a sobby mess. If there anybody is. nailed anything close to genuine emotion, it might have been Tommy. Tommy at that mo- moment. Yeah. 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 I don't know if any movie has ever established the villains less than this one did. Yeah. I mean, because, like, you don't. I mean, this is the. This metal ceremony is the only time you get any type of character out of any of them. Mm-hmm. Except that one, you knew that the whole time that one of them had an eye patch. Right. It was the only character that any of yeah. them had. And you knew what they were ranked in the world. Yeah. Uh, and on the Taekwondo circuit. But that was pretty much it. Yeah, you don't see if they're like, oh, they don't give you any reason to like hate them or they're bad guys or they're cheating. Or in 89, nothing. they were from Korea. That's <laughs> all that mattered. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know. It's not like they were from Russia. Right. It was just like, you know, Korea, I'm guessing, because, you know, Tommy, if he wrote this, then that's, you know, like he's got some ties. So let's make him Korean. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did the the American, I can't remember, did the Americans get medals? They didn't, but all the rest of the team followed suit, and all of the Korean team gave their medals to the uh, to the Americans, which lucky for Alex Grady didn't break his promise to his son. He actually got a medal. He got him, and it's your medal. Yeah, it's and it's, it's his. for you. Yes, Walter. Yeah. So, and but that's you got to think the one guy, the one guy on the Korean team, was like, "I'm not giving this to son." Yeah, the one with the little mustache. Yeah, yeah. And the, and then the guy that whipped Virgil's butt, I whipped it. I whipped him fair and square. I mean, I know you yeah, all are giving right. yours over, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not giving. It had to, to pain the dude that whipped Virgil because that was dominant, and yeah. he had to give his medal to Virgil. Yeah, yeah. and he did, and he didn't kill anybody's brother. No, I mean, no, you know nobody spared I mean, his what life. What a display he put on! And Tommy then, yeah. and Alex legitimately I, I, yeah, whipped they, their guys. They, they deserve the medal, and maybe Brickley because he yeah. tied. Yeah, and yeah. he gave him his cowboy hat, so there was a trade. Yeah, it was a barter system at that yeah. point. But, but yeah, yeah, Virgil, Virgil and Sonny, Sonny they should have already been at the. They should have gave him back. Yeah. I'll give the movie a little bit of credit and say that uh, it was ballsy and surprising to not have them win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, because your prediction was that they would. Yeah. When we were talking about this on the last, uh, when we when I introduced this movie, that that the Americans would overcome and uh, overcome the odds and and win. So that's how the movie ends. They all get medals. Um, also, a little side note: in real life. Dehan and Tommy are brothers. So yeah. there you go. So they didn't really have to act there at the end. No. Like they, they really were, were brothers, brothers in real life, in yeah. victory and in whatever he said. So there you go. Um, if you all like this one, then let me just let you know Best of the Best 2 is out there uh, where Sean Penn's, Sean Penn, Chris Penn's character, Brickley, uh, falls on hard times after this tournament and goes into an underground fighting circuit where he gets killed by the dude that played Brockus in the WWE <laughs> in the fighting ring. And uh, so Tommy goes to the underground circuit to avenge Brickley's death. Because he loved Brickley so they were, much. They were brothers, man. Yeah. Um, which leads us into Best of the Best 3, where Tommy fights the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> I do want to see that now. And then, How can I resist that? And then in Best of the Best 4, Tommy fights against Russian mobsters. <laughs> so we've come a long way from a Korean tournament. Is Alex Grady in any of them? He's in Best of the Best 2, but it's not for very long. Uh, and I have seen 2 and 3. I didn't even know there was a 4 until today. Wow. But the Ku Klux Klan one is yeah. top notch. It has to be. It's good stuff. <laughs> Well, the Russian mobsters, I want to know, where are they fighting? Are they, like, fighting on the street? In the streets, In any, yeah. any given time. So, 
So probably on the poster they said, no rings, no rules. Yeah. For the Best of the Best 2 poster, it's the same poster as Best of the Best, except they just uh, took out Sonny and Virgil off the off the poster. <laughs> and then somebody spray painted it too. No, yeah, it's the it's all, that's it. That's it's the same exact poster. <clears throat> see right there. See all the see all the money we saved on PR. <laughs> we can make the movie now. Oh man. Um, oh gosh, there was something else. That, oh yeah, best. What uh, so what happens in three is uh, Tommy accidentally uh, a woman is like running from this group and she's got a disc in her hand. And she accidentally gives it, She like she's dying, or she's been shot and she's running, and she gives it to Tommy as she's dying. And this disc has all this secret information that the rough, Russian mafia needs. Mm. And so now, so then they kidnap Tommy's family, and he's either he's got to make a decision. Is it give, Walter? Give back the disc. No, it's his daughter. It's oh, daughter. so he's got a daughter all of and, a sudden. Yeah, he's got a wife and daughter. So he, he has to make a decision to either give back the disc or fight the Russian mafia. So yeah. there you go. I guess at, at that time, he really did have nothing. So even though he won a gold medal for his son in the first movie, yeah. since he really was nothing, he decided to move on and marry somebody and have another kid. Yeah. Well, this is Tommy, not not Alex. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. So there's no Alex. Alex okay. is only in two oh, for a short time. Shoot. Please tell me that Kuzo is like murdered by the Ku Klux Klan or something. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. I don't think Kuzo's ever mentioned again. Uh. I think he's just still coaching karate. No evil people. No. Don't kill him. I mean, uh, no. and yeah, if you brought him back for every single sequel just to say that when, yeah, when he gets end. ready to murder somebody. <laughs> no. I mean, no. <laughs> all right, so. No, not the Russian mobsters. You all know how I thought about this movie. What was your all's broad strokes thoughts of uh, Best of the Best? Everything I remember about it, I still loved. So It would have put it over the edge for me. If Tommy had killed Virgil mm-hmm. with the power of his kick. Yeah, that would have been incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I guess my favorite stuff was just that everybody was overacting so much. And it was clear that the director was just like, no, you got to, you got to, you can do, but you got more. You yeah. got more in the tank. And, the and Eric Roberts said, can do. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. You're Every right. Time. You're right. Sir. <laughs> Eric, uh, I, you know, I got to think he's probably he's probably a blast to be around. Yeah, he'd have to be, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, his body of work is astounding. Look at his IMDb page. That he dude he never stops stop. working. No. I mean, he's got so many credits to his name in the last ten years. It's nuts. It'll take you ten minutes to scroll down yeah. to this movie. And I mean, for every dog or Halloween puppy. I mean, he was—he still was in what was he in Dark Knight or in Dark, Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and he was. had a had a you meaty do. kind of mm-hmm. role. You do get the occasional like genuine, legit mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. that he, right. he fills, yeah. And he's got that look. He's got a look, and he's got an and intensity. a voice. He's yeah. got a voice yeah. too. That, yeah. yeah. He and looks like a Julia Roberts, but an old man. Yeah. And then that's why that's why everybody that's loves why him. there's no Julia Roberts fans on this podcast, that's, folks. That's right. I, I wonder if. Uh, if Eric is as polarizing for women on the looks as as Julie, I'm going to say he's not. But maybe that ponytail in Best of the Best might put him over the top. I know. Yeah, <laughs> man, some of his hair decisions in Best of the Best were pretty incredible. Mm. So I can't with his body work though. It does make you wonder why he wasn't, you know, in all of the Best of the Best movies. Yeah, 
<clears throat> or at least in the Maybe first. They couldn't two afford three. him after a certain point. But Halloween puppy sure could. So you all thumbs up, thumbs down. Glad you watched thumbs it. Entertained up, by it. I'm I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, good deal. It came at the magical time when I was working at the movie theater down in Bowling Green when I was going back to school. I worked from 1988 through 1990, summer to summer. Uh, and so that movie was out when I was actually working in the theater. It didn't come hmm. to the theater I worked at, but it came to the one across town. So, Hey, let's play the game. Uh, I won that, that round because of uh, what, what uh, I, I, Bob Barker'd you on how much um, collateral... No, what was it? The, the Liam Neeson movie on the train. How much that was going to oh. make. I won Force Watch. Last week, we gambled on um, Rotten Tomatoes score for fifteen seventeen to Paris. And, um, man, <laughs> did we ever miss it. Uh, this might be one of our worst ever predictions, but uh, I started out the bidding at 68%. Scott went 63 Todd Barkered him at 62 and as of the Monday after the opening weekend, which is what we were going by, it was sitting at 26% on the tomatoes. I went and saw it. It 26 is too high. <laughs> it's awful. <clears throat> so big mistake to cast the actual. That was the problem. Uh, big mistake to cast them. Cast them, and you ba- and you could tell he basically gave three dudes who had never been in front of a. A camera before a lot of creative license to ad lib, and it mm. was just uncomfortable to watch. So, yeah, it, it deserved the bad reviews. Um, the last fifteen minutes are good if y'all want to check that out because um, they they are good. It ends well, but ugh. so that means that uh, Todd Sheen takes his place back atop Mount Force Watch, and. Uh, is, uh, we're gonna, I know. We're going to be forced to watch. I know. If if I had to guess, some sort of 80s horror. Wrong. Oh, whoa. It's um, it's 70s horror. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So, hey, it's Sorry. a whole different ballgame here. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're talking a totally that's, different That's ball. on me. All right. But let's... let's what do we... Not just any... Horror. Did you see Scott's face light up? By the way, I did. You, I did. When, I when you confirmed it was horror, it you know it, it was it was like he was back at Avonlea, yeah. <laughs> just drinking in all the bushy uh, sideburns, sideburns, mutton chops, yeah. ice cream, and so raspberry we... truffle or whatever it was, <laughs> cordial, cordial. So what do we got for? Uh, well, what are we watching this, this week, Todd? This it's the classic, okay, from the Italian Hitchcock, Dario Argento. Suspiria, Suspiria. From 1977. All right. And I'm pretty sure, Alan, you have access to it because you have access to everything. Yep, I can get it. But this is so Scott doesn't have to try to find something <laughs> to watch. Because honestly, I don't think it's I don't think it's on like Amazon or anything like that. If I can't find it, I'll let you know because I couldn't okay. find Anna Green well, Gables. Well, if not, on it. let me know and we'll yeah. Um, Suspiria is let's see the. I think it's the fifth film by Argento, and it's uh, he's an Italian filmmaker. Uh, very uh, man is very influenced by Mario Bava, uh, who was a big time director in the fifties and sixties from Italy. Uh, made a lot of uh, made westerns. Made 
I wasn't looking forward to, uh, to this until you said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured. I figured. Baba, Baba's in. Yeah, Baba, Baba, uh, Baba's the is sells it right. So, this is this is. Um, I don't know how else to describe this other than it is a lucid fever dream, um, which is which pretty I know, much the way you describe phantasm. Did I say lucid fever you, dream? You did. Okay, let me rephrase that. It's it is lucid, and there's some feverish dreaming in there. But this thing is, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's got a basically a heavy metal soundtrack from a band called Goblin. Um, Mar- or, uh, Dario is, uh, utilizes color exquisitely in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I don't know how, I mean, plot has not always been his strong point. Uh, Great. And this is the first of his movies that has been what you would call have a supernatural slant. Uh. But I don't want to. I mean, do you want me to give you the? You want me to give you the uh, the plot synopsis? There? Yeah, I usually read it, so go ahead. Well, here, here, you want to? It's on the back there, or you can do it there. It's up to you. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's see, Jessica Harper stars as Susie Banyan a young American ballet dancer who arrives at a prestigious European dance academy run by the mysterious Madame Blanc and Miss Tanner. But when a series of bizarre incidents and horrific crimes calls, uh, let's see, turn the school into a waking nightmare of the damned, Susie must escape the academy's unspeakable secret of supernatural evil. You should just, you should see Stafford's face. You should see its face. This and and there's 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 something for everybody here. Let me tell you why. Okay. You've got you've got this crazy crazy soundtrack. You've got a moving camera and a director that loves to move it. Mm. You've got uh, a fascinating production design, uh, extensive use of color, primary color, and it's just I mean it's just a bizarre, but it's a work of art. It's a movie. And it is entertaining. It doesn't always make sense, and don't you, you know? I think we all, as people, we put put that in, in such a perspective that mm. things have to make sense, right? Yeah. Well, this doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I, it's I just like beauty. when they make sense. But well, I guarantee you won't be bored. You may not know what's what you've watched. You ready for these tomato scores? Hit me. You ready, Scott? <laughs> Critics ninety one. Audience 83. Wow. <laughs> what did we watch that was like super high recently? Oh, um, well, Reanimator was in Re-animator. the 80s, Re-animator. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, so this, there, there this is uh, last year was the 50th anniversary of Suspiria. They actually, um, there's a company that redid it. They, um, they actually did a 4K upgrade mm. and then they made a uh, a DCP, a digital cinema package, uh, and this thing toured, went to all kinds of cities uh, in the United States last fall and winter, uh, and you could watch this 4K reconstruction of the movie uh, in a theater, which I've heard wonderful things about. Yeah. Uh, but they did they did create a, a new Blu-ray, it's limited edition thing, so it is available on Blu-ray now, but... Um, but this is an older DVD version of it. But it's a, I don't know. I mean, you just have to see it. It is. We'll see it. Yes, we oh, do have to yes. because you're forcing us. Yeah, yeah. And we have eight minutes to decide what our next okay, wager so is. Okay, so Todd, 
I'm going to give you four movies to choose from. <clears throat> okay. Pick one. Jason Bateman in Game Night. Mm. Uh, Portman in Annihilation. Mm. Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow. Mm. Or Bruce Willis in the remake of Death Wish. Uh, let me go with... Um, let me go with Death Wish. Yes. Gosh, I was hoping. Critics score. Oh, we're going with Rotten yeah. Tomatoes critics. Oh, that's fun. All right. Uh, Todd, you're you're the first guess. I get to go first, mm-hmm. huh? Who goes second, I wonder? Well, I was furthest away, so I get to go last. Oh, Todd's so, stuck where, or so, Scott's stuck where I was for a long time so, in the middle in no man's land, and it's hard to get out of the middle when you're when you're in there. It's like keep away. All right, Bob, are you ready? <laughs> it's uh, it's as hard to get out of the middle as it was to get Penn's finger out of that girl's butt. <laughs> and I think uh, I think part yeah. of it's still in there, yeah. even though he's no longer living. I was gonna say that probably took them a good fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> we need the jaws of life. Uh, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put critic score mm-hmm. on uh, Death Wish, and I'm gonna put it at. Put it at twenty eight. Twenty eight. Not a lot of faith in the Charles Bronson remake. Not a lot of faith in Bruce. Eli Roth. Hmm. Because I'm just not a. I'm not a huge fan. Well, I, I don't like the Hostel movies. So. Yeah. All right, Scott. I think he's kind of actually. I think he. I'd like to see him act more. He did. I thought he did a great job in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. He was the the bear, right? Mm-hmm. I thought he did a good job acting. Like what what did we say? Uh, the Eastwood movie got. It was twenty six. I think twenty six on the Monday after. Mm-hmm. So Todd's right what, there. What in are that. you waiting for? Just just say twenty six. <laughs> say twenty seven. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Because they don't, I mean, then again. sometimes they come in with rock bottoms. Yeah. You know, the thing is, like, you're pretty sure this thing's going to be rotten. It's just, is How it rotten. 30% rotten or is it yeah. 2% rotten? Yeah. Um, it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't look like they're going to oh, do I can't anything wait. different no. than Bronson. It's probably going to be, Bronson I, I hope it's Bronson. Awful. Yeah, I hope it's terrible. Okay. I'll be watching it for sure. Well, I'm going to go 29 Hmm. Mm. Wow. See, I'm going the other way, in the hopes that it's terrible. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll give. I'll give Todd a little out. I'll go twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I think it's gonna go over thirty. Do you? I'm thinking just, in the teens. Like, if I was just gonna pick, if I picked first, I'd have said seventeen. Yeah, I, keep, I keep forgetting. What audience, I think it'll be up there, but yeah, it'll probably it'll probably fare fare decent with the audience. Yeah, but what do I know? I've won this thing two times, so. It'll probably be 24, and Todd wins again. Yeah. Or 20, what'd you say, 28? It'll be 27. 28, and you said 29, right, Mr. I, Creative? I did. Scott's got the best chance to win and get out of the middle well, this week. Well, Mr. Cuthbert, I salute you. <laughs> but uh, I think that's an episode. As long You're, as I have to keep watching horror movies, I'm going to keep crotch-shotting people. <laughs> <doing these>. Well... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. All I got to say is get your crotch rocket ready. <laughs> I've already got my next one lined up, and I can guarantee you it's not a horror movie. Is it a best of the best film? 
You're not going to do that. You, no. You, you got you to gotta go somewhere else. Yeah, we're going somewhere else. Yeah. I think you all I think you all be pleased, but we'll see. All right. So, if we ever get to it, who knows. But uh, I think that's an episode you'll not get another as thorough a breakdown of 89's best of the best than you got tonight. Um, so enjoy everybody. Make sure you watch the film. Uh, Philip Ree needs needs some work and he I'm sure he would do a best of the best 5 if we were clamoring for it. So uh, what would best of the best 5 <laughs> Who would See, Tommy well, fight you, best of the best five? Well, it's uh, it's got to be uh, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, it's got to be. It goes back to Korea. Yeah, yeah. Because maybe people across the border. Maybe uh, maybe one of those guys that fought mm-hmm. was Kim Jong Un's yeah, cousin. On. Hold on, though. I feel like I I think I've got this. Okay, here we I've got go. This cracked. Kim Jong Un, yes, goes to fight Korea, but then there's a flip, and it turns out he's actually got to take Trump down, or, or this facsimile mm-hmm. American president who's like crooked, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so he actually teams up with a a band of Koreans to take down the the crooked American president. So we're gonna have the fight over in America this time, and they have to infiltrate. Yeah, like- I'm, I'm thinking he probably goes over there and then comes back. Kim Jong Un. And Trump have to pick one fighter <laughs> to settle the whole score. <laughs> and Trump picks Tommy. Yeah. And Kim Jong-un picks Day Hong. <laughs> yeah. And we get the rematch. Yeah, even though they're, <laughs> they're in their 50s. <laughs> yeah. Aren't, aren't you my brother? 60s. Though, I guess they'd yeah. be in their 60s. Yeah. So brothers have to fight for, for the sake of the world. Day-ha. So there it is. Best of the best five. Hey. Let's get I'm it made. All right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sharing. Uh, we're going to get out of here because Todd's got to go. Tommy, so. no. 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 No, Tommy. <laughs> for Scott Stafford, Todd Sheen, Tommy, Alex, and Coach Kuzo. And. And, of course, shout out to Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> this is uh, Alan Ma- Martin reminding you to walk softly and talk hard. Well, I hope you come to see me in the and I know that you will plainly see the biggest fool that's ever hit the big time. And all I gotta do is act naturally.